0: Hi, my name is Dan Ariely, and welcome to Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast about science. Every week, I will talk to one researcher about one project. We'll have a chat about what they found and what it means for our lives. Dan's guest this week is Sarah Heilbronner, a graduate student at Duke University's Center for Cognitive Neuroscience. So, Sarah, we're here. Where are we?
1: We're at the Rigmore House. This is the Center for Neuroeconomic Studies retreat that we have every year in Chapel Hill.
0: Wow, it's beautiful. So uh, I want to, you to tell me a little bit about these uh, recent studies in which you've kind of given rats some drugs. So, <laughs> so before we get into drug, what was the big question?
1: So the big question is about um, how we make decisions about time. Um, So we kind of know that humans and other animals um, prefer rewards that are more immediate. And if if I push that reward into the future, you're not going to like it as much. So if I give you a choice between $5 now and $5 in a month, you're obviously going to take the $5 now.
0: But, but if it was $5 now and $10 in the future, then I'm, I still might prefer the $5 now.
1: You might, um, but eventually I could make it $12 in the future, $15 in the future. Eventually you're going to switch over. Um, and the point at which you switch over is actually quite interesting to psychologists. It has a lot of um, predictive value for other things in your life, like um, academic success and marital success, all kinds of things. It's, it's an extremely good tool for a psychologist.
0: So, so we had this amazing blueberry pie, and I was thinking, about do i have, have blueberry pie now or healthy in the future and i pick the immediate tasty sugary uh, treat what does it tell you about my uh, my future success
1: well i chose <laughs> the pecan pie so i really shouldn't um, comment on that
0: <laughs> okay so so tell me a little bit about the rats
1: so the rats, um, eh, were, we're trying to study this process of, of um, d- making decisions over time, um, but we're interested in how um, your actual estimations of time uh, could, could be affecting that. So you could imagine maybe you just really don't like to wait or maybe your estimation of a month is different from my estimation of a month.
0: So, so when I think about the future, I just think the future is just not very long. I think it's really, really long time away, and that, that would matter as well. So one is discounting, and one is just misestimation of time. These are two explanations. And so what did you do?
1: So we put the rats into a task. And, and I should say here that this is that the, that the PI on this is, is uh, Dr. Warren Meck of the Department of Psychology and Neuroscience but um, at, at Duke. But So we put the rats in a task where um, we could simultaneously measure um, what how much they, they valued, uh, rewards that were pushed into time. So we could t- to measure intertemporal choice like we just talked about, and we could measure that misestimation of time that we spoke about.
0: And then on top of that, you gave them some stuff. So what did you give them?
1: So um, it, depending on the day, we were giving them fluoxetine, which is uh, more commonly known as Prozac. It's an SSRI, um, with meaning a selective serotonin uptake inhibitor so it increases the amount of serotonin in your brain and it's what we give to people who are clinically depressed.
0: So so you had the happy rats for a while and then what happened?
1: So for those rats, um, it's been there. There are some other indications in the literature that this is true. They become more patient. They're more willing to wait around for the delayed reward.
0: So, so uh, you would say that people in Prozac, for example, are more likely to uh, delay eating cake and looking at future reward. Is that the implication?
1: It's possible. I will note here that acute SSRI treatment is quite different than chronic, which is what clinically depressed people are on, and this remains one of the major um, uh, mysteries in the. Pharmacological literature. But putting that aside, yeah, maybe, Dan, maybe.
0: Okay, and what happened to the time estimation?
1: So the time estimation was left completely intact. Um, So the rats were. N- timing just the same as when they were given uh, a control treatment. So I can conclude from that that the change in their patient's level um, wasn't due to any kind of change in their estimation of time.
0: Okay, so Prozac just gets us to be more more patient. Nothing to do with our time estimation. We're just more patient. Any, any other drugs that do something else?
1: Yes. So uh, dopamine upregulators. Dopamine is is um, a neuromodulator in the brain um, that operates via a pretty different system than serotonin. Um, and and upregulators of that include cocaine and methamphetamine
0: so did you give rats cocaine
1: i did i did and and those were also some happy rats
0: (laughs) (laughs) now now how does this work you have lots of cocaine in the lab
1: labs are um are are able to acquire these kinds of drugs for for use in laboratory testing and it's very tightly controlled and in a safe and so on in case anyone's listening
0: okay so so there's no no risk or you're not really a good source for cocaine in general
1: no don't come to me
0: Okay, so then what happened with cocaine?
1: So cocaine and methamphetamine alter the estimation of time, and they alter patients. And so I didn't have enough uh, data to really say whether those were exactly the same, um, whether it, the the alteration in, in the estimation of time could account for all of the difference in patients, but I can say that these two things tend to move together.
0: Okay, so so in now if you take the difference between cocaine and between Prozac, and you say one is mes- both are seem to Im- Change patients, but one of them is also changing time estimation. Why is it
1: so we actually know that dopamine may be the one of the critical neurochemicals for Um, that estimation of time so uh, all of the literature that focuses on 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 timing really looks closely at dopamine so for example Parkinson's patients have really different dopamine systems than we do and they have really different time estimations in laboratory tasks Um, so I can say that probably what's the the direction here the directionality is that uh, dopamine is is changing the estimation of time and then that's affecting decisions about time.
0: So, so last question. Could it be that some of these medications that we give people uh, could actually alter their job performance? So, you know, we give all kinds of medications to people on Wall Street. We give all people take voluntarily all kinds of uh, inhibitor and uppers and so on. Could it be that one of the effects is that it's changing how patient they are, how they time things, and therefore changing their performance as well, maybe how they view risk?
1: If there's anything that I can tell you from the behavioral pharmacology literature that would apply to real life, it's that there are many, many effects on um, cognition and decision-making that maybe are not as strong as the effects on on emotion that we're really interested in correcting, but are, are nonetheless there. So these are side effects that... Um, people are certainly dealing with when they're on these kinds of medications and should be taken into account.
0: So should we ask our stockbrokers what they're taking and what they're on and maybe take this into account?
1: I'm a little worried about what you would find out <laughs> if you asked that question.
0: Okay, Sarah, thanks a lot.
1: Thanks, Dan. This has been Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast with Dan Ariely, professor of behavioral economics at Duke University. Learn more at predictablyirrational.com.